0: Now it's time to think and discern. This is Bob Bernie Live.
1: Well, we talk a lot about spiritual apostasy on this program. And that would describe, sadly, unfortunately, tragically, that would describe all of the mainline Protestant denominations in America. And uh, I am old enough, I have watched the decline of those denominations throughout my life till today. I don't know of a single... Mainline Protestant denomination that would not be considered apostate. I mean, if you look at the official definition, if you don't understand apostasy and apostate, it would be it would be well worth your time to do just a little search and just put what is the definition of apostasy or what is apostasy. Do a little reading, look at the definition, and then you will find a description. Again, sadly, tragically, of all of the mainline Protestant denominations in America, rich, wonderful heritage. Oh, my goodness. I think about the heritage of the Presbyterians. I I had the privilege of going with a dear friend of mine who has been in heaven now for several years uh, to England, Scotland, Scotland. Uh, Northern Ireland and Ireland uh, several years ago. Well, that's been many years ago. Um, He was going to do a uh, documentary on the covenanters of Scotland. And I've been through that. And again, I'm not going to go into it. But if you want a fascinating, encouraging study, study the covenanters of Scotland. It'll bless you. It will encourage you, these people. Well, when in Scotland, my travel companion was literally a brilliant man. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant man. He was a walking encyclopedia of the spiritual history of Great Britain. And I mean that. He was a walking encyclopedia. It was a trip I will never forget. During the entire trip, he educated me, told me this, 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 this. Oh, my goodness, it was it was unbelievable. And a good part of the time when we were in Scotland, John Knox and his part in the Reformation and um, the church that he was the pastor of. And to think of that rich history and the people who laid down their lives literally who died for the faith because they refused to compromise the faith maybe maybe you've heard the story but uh, John Knox pastored in Edinburgh Scotland the church that he pastored is still there in Edinburgh we visited it and, uh, did, and I think this is... I'm going to get to a, another story here, but I think this is an illustration of what has happened here in America, and it indeed began in Great Britain, the Presbyterians. Now, again, there are good, solid, Bible-believing Presbyterians in Scotland and in America. Praise God for that. I'm talking about the mainline denomination, particularly the PCUSA, the Presbyterian Church USA, which is clearly apostate. Anyway... So, we go to the church in Edinburgh that John Knox pastored. I mean, one of the most famous pastors in the world in the last 300 years. And uh, we're walking in, and I'm looking for a statue of John Knox, a plaque or something. This is the church that John Knox pastored, and this was his pulpit and so forth. No, walk in the lobby, and there was a huge display that the church had been designated a United Nations World Heritage Site. Now, why? Why was it designated a United Nations World Heritage Site? Because of what happened when John Knox was there. But get this. In this huge display in the lobby about the church being designated a United Nations World Heritage Site, there was not one word about John Knox. I stood there and read it. I'm going, what? you got to be kidding me. And so in time, somebody who worked at the church, I don't remember who he was or what he was, but I said, do you have anything commemorating John Knox he goes, uh, yeah, yeah, if you, uh, you you go down that hallway, you go all the way to the end, and then you turn left, and there's another, another long, long hallway. You walk all the way down to the end, and, and you'll see it there. Okay. So we walked all the way down, turned left, and then walked down this long hallway and got to a corner that was completely dark. There were no lights, nothing. And there... Was a tiny little plaque. John Knox was pastor here from whatever years. You couldn't even read it. And then, and you've probably heard this story, John Knox was buried in the courtyard of the church. Again, one of the most famous preachers in Scottish history and British history. He was buried in the courtyard of the church. Well, they needed a parking lot. So did they dig him up and rebury him? Some No, no, they just, uh, they paved right over it. They, they paved right over the grave. And they did put a little, I don't know whether it was bronze or brass or whatever. They put a little, tiny little plaque in the parking lot. Here is the grave of John Knox and so forth. And that lasted for a short time. And then something happened to the plaque. And so I asked the people of the church, where is the grave of John Knox? And this person who worked at the church says, well, we're not sure anymore. It's somewhere out in the parking lot. There used to be a a marker, but the marker's gone, and nobody's quite really sure where his grave is. Could have been under the car where we parked. And I thought, what a picture of the spiritual condition of the denominations that were formed because of the passion and the uncompromising biblical theology of some great, great, great men of God and the churches that bear their name Well, Presbyterians don't have the name of John Knox, but they might as well. Everybody knows the origin of the Presbyterian movement was John Knox. They have
0: betrayed
1: everything that he lived for and was willing to die for. It is not even a shadow of what the church was. Now, f- forgive the long story. I didn't plan on that, but uh, we got to take a break. When we come back, I have a story in my hand about the Church of England. Again, rich heritage. You have to go back a long ways. Church of England has been corrupt for a long, long time, but it wasn't always. But um, another indication of the spiritual decline in so-called Christian churches
0: Today's news, God's word and your thoughts This is Bob Burney Live
1: Welcome back Bob Bernie live. Thank you for joining me. We're uh, yeah, we're talking about apostasy. Yeah. <laughs> How seriously? How often do you hear anybody talking about apostasy? In reality, it's one of the most important topics in America today, and in fact, in the world today. If we really believe That the problems we're facing in America and around the world are ultimately spiritual and not political? If we really believe that, then we should be having far more discussions about apostasy than we are about political liberalism. And I'm being serious about that as well. Christians get together. They often, 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 often talk about, well, the liberals, the left, the progressive. We talk about it on this program all the time. Can't believe Biden's doing this and Biden's doing that, and Nancy Pelosi and Schumer, and we talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. Honest question. Have you ever had a discussion with your friends or family about apostasy? It is more important than the politics. And we're surrounded by apostasy. That's what the liberal left does to Christianity. They apostatize it. All right, now, the Church of England. I've got a story in my hand, and the headline is, the Church of England has no official definition of a woman. What? What? I understand a Supreme Court justice doesn't know what a woman is because she's not a biologist. But anybody with a teeny-weeny, tiny little bit of knowledge of the Bible knows what a woman is. God created them man and woman. Well, anyway, to the story... Quote, Adam Kindry, a lay member of the General Synod of the Church of England, the legislative body of the church, and a representative of the Royal Navy, asked the question in written form. And here is the question that a member of the General Synod of the Church of England asked in writing to the officials of the Church of England. And I quote, What is the Church of England's definition of a woman? Pretty simple. I would think that uh, even a first semester seminary student wouldn't have any trouble answering that from a biblical perspective. Forget about the biological perspective. Here is the answer. Here is the official answer from the leadership of the Church of England to the question, what is the Church of England's definition of a woman? And I quote, there is no official definition. What? (laughs) What? That's how the answer begins. I quote, There is no official definition. But that's not all. I will continue. There is no official definition which reflects the fact that until fairly recently, definitions of this kind were thought to be self-evident as reflected in the marriage liturgy. (laughs) Can I read that to you again in case you didn't hear it? Now, remember, this is the official answer. What is the Church of England's definition of a woman? Answer, uh, there is no official definition, which reflects the fact that until fairly recently, definitions of this kind were thought to be self-evident as reflected in the marriage liturgy. In other words, until recently, we knew. (laughs) Until, Until recently... We didn't think anybody needed to ask the question because everybody knew what a woman was. It was self-evident. Until recently. Until recently. I continue. The Living in Love and Faith Project, however... The Living in Love and Faith Project, however has begun to explore the marriage complexities associated with gender identity and points to the need for additional care and thought to be given in understanding our commonalities and differences as people made in the image of God. Gobbledygook. That's the official Definition of what I just read to you. I'm not sure what that would be in the original Hebrew, but in English, it's gobbledygook. I'm not sure in the original Greek and Aramaic. Maybe it'd be gobbledygooko. Yeah, probably gobbledygooko would would be the Greek. Um, well, that would be the male gobbledygookah uh, anyway, it's it's gobbledygook. So by their own admission, up until recently, well, that was self-evident. But now, the Living in Love and Faith Project has begun to explore the marriage complexities associated with gender identity and points to the need for additional care and thought to be given and understanding our commonalities and differences as people made in the image of God. In other words... Instead of the church impacting the culture, the Church of England is saying we have to be impacted by the culture. The culture is going to define for us what marriage is, and so therefore we have to understand what's going on in the culture because we are going to allow the culture to define marriage for us rather than God, rather than his word, rather than the church. The culture is going to define for the church what marriage is rather than the church defining for the culture what marriage is. The authority of the word of God is worthless to the Church of England when it comes to marriage hmm? the authority of scripture on marriage and gender is worthless to <clears throat> the PCUSA the ELCA the United Methodist Church the Episcopal Church in America the United Church of Christ and the list goes on as I said apostasy apostasy